This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Tuesday, July 18th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Kelly. Here's today's headlines. Brazil hopes for quick lift of U.S. beef ban. Lawmakers want a say in South Korean trade talks and House GOP rolls out budget blueprint. Brazilian Agriculture Minister Blairo Maggi was optimistic about his country's chances to start exporting beef again to the United States after an hour-long meeting with USDA Secretary Sonny Perdue yesterday afternoon. Maggi, who stopped to talk to reporters outside USDA headquarters, said he expects the U.S. to lift the ban in one or two months. Part of the problem, Maggi explained, was U.S. exporters were finding bones in Brazilian shipments. Scientists say the foot-and-mouth virus can hide in bone marrow. Abscesses were also found in some of the meat, a problem ranchers blamed on vaccines. A Brazilian government official told AgriPulse that a Brazilian food safety delegation traveled to the U.S. last week to meet with officials from USDA's Food Safety and Inspection Service, FSIS. In that meeting, the Brazilians basically laid out their plans to address the kinds of problems that prompted the U.S. to block Brazilian shipments. FSIS last month announced the U.S. was banning Brazilian beef because import inspectors were finding an unusually large amount of product that needed to be rejected. FSIS said that it had blocked 11% of all Brazilian beef shipments, about 2 million pounds since March. Purdue seemed less optimistic than Maggi about the resumption of trade. Open dialogue is good, but we need to see progress, Purdue said in a tweet after the meeting. Lawmakers want to say in South Korea trade talks. Leaders of the House Ways and Means Committee and Senate Finance Committee sent a letter yesterday to U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer insisting that he first consult with Congress before trying to negotiate changes to the U.S. trade pact with South Korea. Last week, the USTR notified South Korea that the Trump administration wanted a bilateral meeting to discuss altering the U.S.-Korea Free Trade Agreement, or CHORUS, in order to try to bring down the U.S. trade deficit. The U.S. has an overall $27.6 billion trade deficit in goods with the Asian nation, but that doesn't reflect agricultural trade. U.S. beef exports have been rising sharply since CHORUS was enacted. South Korea's tariff on U.S. beef dropped from 40% to 32% when the pack was put into force on March 15, 2012. They are scheduled to drop gradually to 9% by 2028. The U.S. shipped about $1.1 billion worth of beef to South Korea last year, up from just $582 million four years before. Ken Backus, director of the International Trade and Market Access for the Cattlemen's Beef Association, told AgriPulse that implementing chorus before the Australians implemented their FTA with Korea has given U.S. beef a significant tariff rate advantage in Korea, and the United States is now the leading source of beef imports in Korea. Korea is our second greatest export market in sales, and we do not want to jeopardize access to the growing consumer base in Korea. House GOP rolls out budget blueprint. House Republicans will release a fiscal 18 budget resolution today. It's expected to call for cutting spending on supplemental attrition assistance program by $10 billion over 10 years. House Agriculture Chairman Mike Conaway negotiated the size of the cut amid demands from conservatives for even bigger reductions in social programs as a way to pay for cutting taxes. It's important to remember that even if the budget resolution passes the full House, its fate of the Senate is far from certain. 
The Senate is unlikely to go along with a cut to SNAP as large as the House is considering. Conaway says the cut to SNAP would come from tightening the program's work requirements. The Center for Budget Policy and Priorities, a nonprofit group that advocates for social programs, says that the typical jobless adult who would be kicked off SNAP would lose $150 to $170 in monthly food assistance. Those are, quote, modest benefits that make a meaningful difference for very poor individuals, according to the group. National Cattlemen's Beef Association giving thumbs up to USTR's NAFTA plan. The cattle rancher group was quick yesterday to announce praise for the newly released U.S. plan for renegotiating the North American Free Trade Agreement with Canada and Mexico. NCBA President Craig Uden said in a statement, As we have said before, it is difficult to improve upon duty-free, unlimited access to Canada and Mexico. And we are pleased that USTR's objectives for NAFTA include maintaining existing reciprocal duty-free market access for agricultural goods. Good news, bad news from China. China's import approval of two GMO products came with good news and bad news. Good, because the Chinese Ministry of Agriculture has now approved half of the eight biotech traits it agreed to review after meetings with U.S. trade officials in May. But it's also disappointing for the companies whose traits still haven't been approved, including two Monsanto Roundup-ready alfalfa traits that have been sitting in limbo for six years. And there's another twist to the announcement of approval of Syngenta's AgriSure Duracade corn and Monsanto's Roundup Ready corn. Dow AgriSciences says the Chinese Ag Ministry has informed it that Dow's Enlist soybeans, not one of the eight products covered by the 100-day economic action plan announced by the U.S. and Chinese governments in May. The company said it's working with the ministry to resolve the misunderstanding. The other product awaiting approval is DuPont's insect-resistant corn variety, q The Biotechnology Innovation Organization said it's gathering details but cannot speak to product-specific issues. Syngenta said it will continue to offer AgriSure Duracade for the 2017 and 2018 planting seasons that under its grain use marketing program. Monsanto said it was pleased with the approval of its product, but disappointed that all the remaining traits did not receive the go-ahead, which it said is inconsistent with numerous scientific conclusions around the world on these same products, as well as with the spirit of the U.S.-China 100-day plan. Get your hot dogs, get your hot dogs here. If you got your fill of ice cream yesterday at the International Dairy Foods Association event at the USDA, prepare yourself for the annual hot dog lunch tomorrow at the Rayburn House office building. The North American Meat Institute says it expects to serve up more than 3,500 sausage products at the yearly Wiener Fest on Capitol Hill that always attracts lawmakers like House Agriculture Chair Conway and the panel's ranking Democrat, Colin Peterson. Well, that's Daybreak for this Tuesday, July 18th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by McLeod, Watkins, and Miller, America's most experienced law firm in agricultural and derivatives law, and by Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.